Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to stay for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and thank you for listening to In That Number. I am your host, Ray Hunt. You can find me on Twitter at RayHunt84. My co-host, Kevin Milberton, at MoscowMush. You can follow the show at Number Podcast. Subscribe, rate, review. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and if you would like to drop us a line, send us an email to InThatNumberPodcast at gmail.com. On with the show. Joining us this week, we have US-based Saints fan Kurt Supple calling from Tampa, Florida to help us discuss yesterday's Leicester game. And later, we preview Wolves with returning guest Dave Azapardi of Talking Wolves. He'll be joined by his co-host Matt Cooper. But before we say hello to them, you know the drill. My co-host, the wonderful Moscow Mush, Kevin Milverton. Kevin, <laughs> how are you? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah I'm grand. <laughs> Cheers. After that um, lovely introduction uh, I gave you, you called me a little fucker. Yeah, brilliant. Had to be done, yeah. <laughs> I love you, really, you know. Um, yeah, good, good, um, lazy week. Um, slow start to work because the first few days of the week were still public holidays. Um, yeah, I had a bit of a gathering here yesterday to um, celebrate the new year and um, had the game on and, yeah, definitely added to the, the party mood. Nice. Yeah, and a good result yesterday, so yeah, all good. All good. Yeah. Um, I went to the TSP Live 100 at the Five Rivers on Friday night. Oh, yeah. How was that? Fantastic event. Yeah, all in aid for uh, Saints Foundation, lots of guests there, you know. It's a great night. You know, Ben and his team have um, 
Steve Grant, Glenn Delacour, and of course Adam Leach. You know they do they do a brilliant job. Um, and it was nice to see how a real podcast should be recorded. <laughs> um, I don't think I don't think Ben gives himself enough credit to be honest. But yeah, you know, just lovely bloke, great show, and congrats on the hundredth episode. So I'm. I'm thinking that's going to be out on the 26th of January, so make sure you, you know, you listen to that one. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a brilliant show, as it is, and um, yeah, it's a good, good celebration of the wonderful work they do. Exactly, yeah. Right, okay, so let's bring in our guest, shall we? Kurt. Kurt, how are you? Hey, guys. Yeah, I'm doing great. I uh, appreciate you guys having me on. Um, talk about my trip out to uh, London and Southampton, uh, you know, where we met up before the match and after the match, so... Yeah. Um, appreciate y'all having me on here to catch up and talk about all that. That's great. It's, good. it's, it's our pleasure. Yeah, it's great to hear from you again. And I know it's quite early in the morning for you. Kev, do you always find like our US guests are so accommodating to us? It's just uh, whenever we've had a US guest on before, it's the, the the whatever hour it is, they always seem to be able to do it no problem. So I think um, Matt Markstone's got a habit of getting up early to watch the matches as well. Um, Kurt, you said you were going to watch the, the football today as well. So. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I think we're normally used to getting up, um, at least myself, you know, like 7.30, 7.45 for Saturday games or um, 9 a.m. today for the first matches. So, um, you know, we do have the luxury of being able to watch, you know, pretty much any match we want uh, from the Premier League. So I'll normally watch at least a couple games a day if I can. Yeah, Sunday's my day to catch up before the football, I think. Well, in the background whilst I'm recording, but yeah. Um, but firstly... Before we get into the the amazing game yesterday, uh, can you tell us about yourself? Because I'm I'm always fascinated as to why people from that live outside the UK choose Southampton as their team. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, like you said, I'm I'm from Tampa, Florida. So um, you know, from the states. Um, growing up, you know, I I never played soccer or anything like that. I mean, I still haven't ever played like anything organized soccer or anything like that. I played. You know, baseball, basketball, a little American football, stuff like that. But, um, you know, I was always a big sports fan and pretty much watched, you know, every sport. Um, but getting into soccer wasn't, didn't really come, I guess, till, um, about like the 2006 World Cup when I was in Germany, just because that yeah. school year prior to that, um, we had a foreign exchange student that was from Germany. Um, so he kind of got me into it or, you know, was talking about the hype of, of having that there, so I originally kind of started watching a little bit, or at least following Bundesliga um, somewhat, and then, you know, kind of always knew some people that were like Man U fans or Arsenal fans, stuff like that, um, but yeah, I mean, I think still even at that point, it was a little, you know, tougher to watch games here, they might have like, you know, a bigger team matchup on or something now and then, um, but yeah, I mean, I think that kind of got me into soccer, and that. Getting to Southampton was probably, you know, a mix of a few different things. Um, you know, I always kind of played FIFA. Um, I also, in college, read a book that was called Bloody Confused by Chuck Culpepper. He was, like, an American sports writer. I mean, I think he still is. I think he writes for, like, Washington Post, one of the newspapers here. But anyways, he had kind of gotten, like, discouraged over the years with, I guess, the personalities and the business side and stuff of, like, American sports. So he ended up in in London for a bit and kind of fell in love with the Premier League. He actually became a fan of, he's a fan of Portsmouth, actually, because, oh. uh, yeah, because he had a, he had a tie. I think, there's like a, I think there's a Portsmouth, Virginia or something that he's 
originally from. But, um, but yeah, I mean, at that point, they were in the Premier League. Um, Saints were not. But, um, but he was always, like, you know, meeting other fans and stuff and, you know, hearing that they were talking about Southampton and them, you know, kind of being the hated side or the, the villains and all that. So that kind of, I think, was, like, my first introduction to them and then probably started playing with them a little bit on FIFA and everything like that. Um, and then, you know, kind of over the years just seeing, you know, from from the bigger teams, you know, like Theo Walcott or Gareth Bale, you know, some of those players that, you know, kind of tied back to to Southampton. Um, you know, I think even, like, someone like Peter Crouch, you know, he maybe was only played for Saints for a year or two, but I think everyone kind of knew him just because of, you know, his size and everything. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think that kind of drew me to the team. And then um, I think I kind of, you know, finally picked them with when it kind of coincided with Saints coming up to the Premier League again, which just kind of worked out well because I think around the same time, NBC Sports here, you know, bought the rights for to stream the Premier League game. So, you know, we were able to, to pick up and watch whatever team, you know, we wanted. At that point, it was all free. So that made it, uh, you know, a lot easier. And, you know, just learning a little bit more about the team, seeing, you know, all, like, the youth players that they had, you know, come through. You know, at that point, yeah. you know, they were playing with, like, Lalana and Luke Shaw and, you know, obviously James Ward-Prowse mm-hmm. and all of them. So, um, so, yeah, I think I liked that aspect of it because I think – I always kind of, like, tied it to some of the local teams here in, in Tampa. You know, I'm a Tampa Bay Rays baseball fan, so they're always big into, like, their youth development and bringing up, you know, that, that type of stuff. And another, like, small budget, you know, we're a small budget team here, so, so you know, having to be a little creative on how we're going to win. And um, and then I think, you know, kind of loosely, like, geographically, you know, Southampton's in the southern part of the U.K., Florida here, we're in the south of the U.S., so... <laughs> So kind of all that kind of just tied it all together. I know that's a, you know, lengthy rant there about how we got to it, but, uh, you know, hopefully it's a better story than just coming over and saying I'm going to like the Premier League and I'm going to pick Man U or something. That would, be, that would be the easy way, wouldn't it? But, yeah, very, <laughs> very educated pick there. That was really good. So it, it could have turned out a lot worse if you'd have uh, ended up on the the wrong side of the South Coast. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you actually visited Southampton in December and we actually met you up for the Crystal Palace game. But before that, yeah. you were going to Stamford Bridge to see the win at Chelsea. Yeah, so um, tell us about your trip to the UK. Yeah, I mean, my wife and I came came there for the Christmas holiday, so we got there um, about that Monday um, before Christmas and spent a few days in London, out and about there, and then, yeah, I think, uh, you know, one of my big, big events of the trip was, yeah, the, the two matches, going to Stamford Bridge on Boxing Day, and then down to the Palace game um, on that Saturday, so, um, but yeah, the, the Chelsea match was insane, I mean, obviously, that you result was... You the right one, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I think going in to those two games, you know, we were hoping probably for four points, but I think we were expecting that to be flip-flopped as, as far as when we were going to get the win. And then after Southampton, you went um, you went to Paris. Yeah, yeah, we did. So that was fun, too. Um, I think it was, a you know, a bit different, obviously, from, from London, since London, you know, was English-speaking. Yes. Um, so I think, you know, that was that was one thing. And then, you know, all the stuff going on there with, like, the pensions and stuff. There was, you know, a lot of strikes and stuff going on with the public transit. So that made things a little bit 
uh, more difficult to get around compared to the, the London tube was just like amazing. That, we love that. <laughs> change. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you, you've you been to London, Paris, Southampton. It sounds like the other uh, slogan on the Trotters three-wheeler, doesn't it, Kev? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I guess Southampton was obviously your favourite location. Yeah, yeah, I think so for sure. I mean, um, you know, get, getting out there to meet you guys and everything was a lot of fun. And, um, you know, definitely different pre-match festivities and stuff compared to the Chelsea match because, you know, I know I was messaging you, Ray, a little bit before to kind of, you know, yeah. get your thoughts on what it was like to go there and stuff. And, you know, I don't think you've been to Stanford Bridge. Oh, I've never Bridge, been to Stanford Bridge, no. Yeah, but I know you had said, you know, it could get a little rough. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, so I, yeah, I mean, we we, uh, we made sure you know to just grab a grab a pint or two near our hotel and just took the train you know straight there and, and kind of just went straight to the stadium. Um, I mean, yeah, there was like a, a couple funny you know things when we were walking up to the stadium. We had to you know still go to the ticket office to get our um, collect our tickets, and you know I asked someone that worked at Chelsea, you know, like, hey, where's the ticket office at? You know, they're like, oh, okay, are you, you know, home fans or away fans, you know, or whatever. I think he probably just said home fans, you know, and we're just like, no, no, we're, we're collecting away tickets. And it seemed like, you know, he was kind of taken aback by that. Yeah, probably. American asking for away yeah. tickets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I know, you know, that came up uh, when we had met up, you know, we were talking about some of the games and, and you guys were asking about, you know, the environment and the, the chance and stuff. And, you know, yeah. I thought it was funny when, when, you know, Southampton fans were were chanting about the the quiet stadium and stuff, and and saying, you know, your your stadium's full of tourists, and you know, a bit bit ironic that I was one of those, but you know, on the, on the other side of it, but yeah, the, the right kind of tourist, though, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is ITN In That Number News. So, the ITN News then. We start off with the news of our FA Cup fourth round fate. We will play Middlesbrough or Tottenham at St Mary's again. Uh, The game is set to take place on the weekend of Friday the 24th to Monday the 27th of January. And that Spurs Borough replay will take place on Tuesday night. I think that's the 14th. Yeah, and then ticket details will be released thereafter. Uh, transfer news, Kevin. What have you got? What have you got this week? Um, okay, so um, in terms of ins, I, I've heard rumours that um, we could be getting uh, Tottenham's Carl Walker Peters on loan. Um, so young two year olds, uh, English right back there at Spurs. Not seeing much game time at the moment, but apparently Palace are also mm. linked with him. They're like looking to replace Wembley So. Yeah, that's one of the options. Um, and for outs, uh, yeah, Vestergaard apparently can leave if we get an offer. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, 18 million we paid for him, and he doesn't. We don't really appear to have got the value for money from him. I'm, I mean, I'm a bit, a bit surprised that I mean, he's only been here for just over a season and looking to get rid of him already. Uh, yeah. Yeah, well, I think because of the, the high price tag, that he's not going to want to be sitting on the bench for that, really. He needs to be getting first-team football, and if we can't offer him that at the minute, then he needs to find it elsewhere. Because whether he's going to be, if he's happy enough to have a bench part and be playing cup games and, you know, substitute 
you know, injury cover and stuff like that. It's just up to him, I guess, isn't it? Um, I mean, from what he said himself, um, he's quite happy to stay here and try and prove himself. And unless we're getting someone in, uh, we do still need cover because, I mean, it'll just take, you know, an injury or suspension in that back pairing of Bednarik and Stevens. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and your will be getting on. <laughs> well, yeah. But, I mean, yeah, he's getting on. And he's coming to the end of his contract. So I mean, we do still need an option there long term sure. um, but yeah other than that, um, jo- yeah, Josh Jim's Josh, Josh, Jim? Josh Jim he's just back from <laughs> <laughs> he's just back from from New York and already um, Gary Monk's Sheffield Wednesday are interested in uh, snapping him up yeah I heard this one yeah I'd say he's maybe even less likely to get any game time what with all our um, yeah attacking midfield options uh, along the wings um, and again, it's a shame. I think we're in a kind of similar situation to um, Matt Target if a good offer comes in. Why not? Cause yeah. He has really broken through to the first team after all these years. Um, I've heard another mm. incoming, by the way, a Sampdoria defender, Omar Colley. Oh, yeah. Gambia. yeah. Uh, 15 million. Uh, so, yeah, that, that's, a, that's another in that I've heard. Yes, that's quite a high price, I think. We just talked about Vestergaard being 18 million. Mm. Yeah, I think, you know, a few of those that you guys were talking about, I'd heard it about too, but I know a lot of these, you know, transfer news and stuff is just complete rumour and everything. But another one I had saw this week too was um, bringing in Raphael, the old Man U fullback oh, wow. from <laughs> Lyon. Yeah, I mean... I think it also said, you know, Brighton and Palace were maybe looking at him, similar to like Kyle Walker-Peters. I think, you know, we all need fullbacks, but um, I know he is like 29 now, so I don't know, you know, how much you'd want to even invest in someone like that. Um, but Yeah, that's, that's that. I think for me that's a no-no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, doesn't really fit Hasenhutl's remit no, of no. You know, young players that we can bring them. Right. Um and then, obviously, I think, you know, multiple times this week I heard Jay Adams to Leeds again and again, but I really don't know why, you know, what you would do that. But No, I, I'm, yeah, I'm quite happy to keep Jay where he is. And yesterday I thought he come on and made a really good impact. So, yeah, it's very useful. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, outside of transfer news, I, I read an interesting article about Stuart Armstrong. I saw it in the Daily Echo. I don't know if you saw this, Kev, but... Apparently, he's in charge of the Saints Fine Committee, and he has a degree in law, and he uses it because he makes sure things like, you know, like lateness, using your phone in the canteen are punished. Mm-hmm. And he plays like a good cop role and leaves James Ward-Prowse to collect all the late payments, apparently. So, uh, yeah, he's, a, <laughs> he, he's keeping order behind the scenes. I thought that was quite an interesting one. I thought I'd bring that up. And uh, Marcus Barnes has returned to Southampton after his, uh, well, his loan spell to Eastleigh. Scored five goals for them in 20 appearances. So, yeah, he's back. So, I don't know. They'll probably go straight back out on loan again, I imagine. Yeah, I mean, it's not much. I mean, it does sound like the under-23s could probably do with them because um, they haven't been performing particularly well this season. So, maybe you might go straight in there and try and even things out there. Yeah, possibly, yeah. Hi, I'm Matt Tissier. Thank you for listening to In That Number. Okay, on to yesterday's game at the King Power, Leicester. Redemption. Actually, Kevin, (laughs) I forgot to mention last week, right? I was going to suggest a game between us, right? Every single time a pundit or a commentator mentions the score, we had to knock a shot back. And I thought, that'd be quite fun. (laughs) So we watched match of the day, and every time they mention 9-0, knock one back. 
incidentally, I counted it, and it was 13 times. <laughs> so, yeah, wow. would have been fun. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I, I was playing that anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, OK, so 2-1, the opener from Dennis Pratt, uh, the equaliser from Armstrong, mm-hmm. and the cherry on top from, well, you know the name. So, yeah, um, going into the game, uh, th- th- they were saying that the, the recovery, the form, is bettered only by Liverpool, and, and the same as City and Leicester. So, just, you know, top of the form table and stuff. It's brilliant, brilliant way to go into the game. And then the starting eleven: McCarthy, Cedric, Stevens, Bednarik and Bertrand, unchanged again. Uh, Redmond, Hoiberg, Prowse, Armstrong, and then Ings and Long. So, you know, we had the wholesale changes for the Huddersfield Cup game, we, we expected. But the one change that, you know, the, the team that beat Spurs on New Year's Day was Shane Long for Musa Gineppo. So, guys, I mean... I suppose we have to be happy with that lineup uh, because crucially it's working, and we and we can't have any complaints about it, right? Yeah, I mean, there's only that one slight change from Shane Long, the workhorse, in for Gineppo, who's been you know a bit bit ropey when he's been starting, and yeah, they're on the bench if we if we need him. But yeah, when I saw that lineup, um, yeah, I was, I think it's probably the the most anticipated game of the season. You know, where I'm really excited about actually. Um, have, having a chance to redeem ourselves after after that, that yeah shocking um, away leg, but um, sorry home leg, and yeah just look, looking at that team, I think yes all of the elements are there, and yeah we really could get something from this. Yeah yeah I mean I think yeah definitely seeing that lineup you know thinking that we're confident you know that we can keep rolling with what we've been doing. Um, um, yeah, I think Buffal and, you know, Gineppo, I think we've kind of seen throughout the season maybe are a little bit more impacting or impactful, I mean, you know, coming on later. Um, so I think, you know, lining up with Redmond and Armstrong on the wings is a good start. Uh, yeah, and I'm just going to go through the, the bench. Uh, we had Gunn, Yoshida, Adams, Gineppo, Romeo, Buffal and Oberfemi. Nothing out of the ordinary there, I suppose. Um, right, and then we're, we're going to the game because... It was quite a lively start, I would say, from Saints, and they were playing mm-hmm. with a, you know, with a swagger and like a no fear. So it's hard to believe that, like, it was 11 weeks ago, wasn't it? Like, the sad sack of shit that we saw bend over for Leicester, <laughs> completely, completely <laughs> turned around. Um, and straight away, right into it, Ings had a sniff early on. It was a double save from from Casper Schmeichel right at the start. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and easy. I mean, we, we were the better team straight away, um, and the Leicester fans were getting quite anxious to start with. Rightly so. I mean, yeah, we, we would right in off the blocks, um, yeah, pressing, um, <coughs> yeah, making a very good pressing game, uh, yeah, Ings getting on the end of that errant pass, and he was just doing that throughout the game. You, you just, they, Leicester couldn't switch off for a second, because, uh, yeah, we would just pounce. Yeah, didn't give them a chance to play their game, did we? Well, I mean, apart from <laughs> it was against the run of play, but that that first goal mm-hmm. um, just yeah, came out of nowhere. But I could see it sort of slowly building up, you know, like you thought, oh, okay, yeah, here we go. Yeah, I was I was listening to the radio and I thought that the, the pressure that we're putting on them, the Saints are playing well here, you know, we've had the shots, we're doing well, um, but it would just be like us to concede a goal now against the run of play. Um, and Kurt, did you feel it was against the run of play that Leicester actually took the lead through Dennis Pratt? Yeah, I mean, I definitely, like how you guys were saying, I felt like we had a very strong start. Um, I don't know if it was like, you know, maybe more pressure on Leicester, you know, like 
you know, if we lose 6-0 or something, like, you know, who really cares? You know, we can't, can't get much worse than the last game. So, you know, they probably kind of felt a little more pressure that they needed to come out and win this match, you know. Uh, you know, the fans, like you said, are probably getting a little anxious and everything. But, but yeah, I mean, I think it was just, you know, kind of quick off the restart there, um, off that dead ball. I mean, we were just maybe a little asleep, but... Um, I guess, you know, you can't get too mad. We did have that one against, was it Arsenal, right, when Dan yeah, Ng scored, one, yeah. you know, a, a little quick. So, um, you know, but you also need to know that that's kind of how they're going to how they're gonna want to play is, you know, bomb one up there to Vardy and let them run and get it. So um, and exactly what he did. I mean, he's completely unmarked. Stevens just, um, yeah, again, wasn't really watching what was happening and yeah, when, that, when that free kick was taken quickly. Um, yeah. Gave Vardy a free run down that left wing. You can't do that, yeah. But, you know, importantly, guys, I've said this before many times, and I won't, it won't be the last time I say it, under Ralph, whether we're one down or up, the game plan doesn't shift. It doesn't seem to, you know, mm. affect us either way. And we continue to play that, you know, expansive harrying style of football. And then we were rewarded, what, five minutes later? 19 minutes, Stuart mm. Armstrong. I mean, you could yeah, say that it was a rather fortunate deflection, but it was deserved. Oh, you know? Yeah, incredibly, um, incredibly so. Yeah, Ings um, just through the middle passes out to Long onto the left wing, and it's a beautiful ball across the edge of the box. Um, I think Warprouse steps back and lets Armstrong take a crack. And yeah, I mean, it looks like it would have been going in anyway, but it just deflects off Madison and bounces in at the near post. And Schmeich was kind of expecting to go. Yeah. go far and it just blindsides them. Yeah, you can't, yeah. you can't blame him for that, but, you know, you still make him look like a twat. It's always nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and, yeah, yeah, that's had a couple of um, brilliant saves before that and, yeah, towards the end as well. Um, kind of kept them in it. Yeah, he's a, he's a fantastic keeper. Yeah. I mean, you yeah, know, yeah. we'll get to the, the save at the uh, at the end later on, but, yeah, he's, he's, he saved them a lot in this game. The 2-1 doesn't do it justice for me. Um, and then the, the, the chances that we created, Kurt, you know, after we went 1-1, I mean, Ings hit the bar at one point, and then, and then he hit the bar again, didn't he, from, <laughs> from a corner. I mean, he had two shots at that one, and just out of nowhere just smashes it. And Armstrong, you know, getting the plaudits that he deserves now, because he was fantastic in that build-up for that first um, crossbar that was hit. He was tackling hard and yeah. crossing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, Kurt, these chances that we created yesterday, that's... That's amazing. I don't, you know, I can't remember the last time he created so many chances, especially against a team like this. Yeah, I mean, and, and you know, like you said, even though we went down, you know, the one goal early there, um, you know, we didn't change our tactics. Um, you know, I think we could have easily hung our heads, you know, and thought this might be another, you know, blowout or something. Um, you know, starting to remember that that first game. Mm. So I think, you know, you got to give credit to, to the guys and probably in Ralph and his team, you know, coaching the guys up about that. Because, um, I mean, I think here, too, you know, once Armstrong did get that goal on the TV feed here, you know, they showed Ralph on the sideline and just, you know, how psyched he was, uh, you know, reacting to that to that goal to level it. You know, you could tell he he really wanted this one, you know, and wanted to get something something out of this one. I think, yeah, Ralph, the way that we were playing, he must have been a bit like, I'm not bothered. You know, you go 1-0 down, I reckon, we, you know, we're playing well enough to win this game still. And you could see that, as you say, after the, you know, the, the, the equaliser went in, he was pumped, like you said, yeah. So, Kev, the second half started, and it, you know, just the same, really. We had a 
free kick early on, didn't we? It was whipped in by Bertrand and Stevens ghosting mm-hmm. at the back post had it cleared off the line by um, Sanchu. So yeah, yeah. Um, still kept still kept going. And then Brendan Rodgers was looking worried. Uh, understandably so. I think yeah, even when we did go one 0 down, um, the heads didn't drop, and the momentum definitely stayed on our side. And yeah, I think there's um, a lot more. Um, a lot more chances. I think it could have been a much higher scoreline than it actually was. I mean, the um, number of times that VAR was brought in to rule over decision. I think we have one in the first half. Um, that Vardy offside goal. I mean, you, you could see it was a big obvious one. The flag went up anyway. Um, but I mean, yeah, they had, they had a couple of chances in the in the middle of the second half. Um, yeah, you're right. I think they, they they were trying. They were they did look like they were starting to get into the game. And you say McCarthy made a, an instinctive save from didn't he from a from a Johnny Evans header? Yeah, yeah, that was like five or six minutes into the half. Mm. Yeah, that was like yeah, that was massive. <laughs> and then Kevin, I want your opinion on the on the VAR that rescued Leicester. The, the long shoved in the back from uh, Soyuncu. Uh, they gave a penalty. Yeah. They gave a penalty in a yellow card. Um, why was that not a red card? Um, I don't know. <laughs> so, I mean, VAR um, annulled it all afterwards. Yeah, anyway. okay, it didn't matter. But I mean, when I saw that, I thought, oh, hello, it's the goal scoring opportunity. He's pushed him in the back. Yeah. It's a blatant penalty, regardless of the offside at this point. And he gave him a yellow card. And I thought, hang, that's, that's not the rules of the game, surely. He's a goal scoring opportunity. Uh, and yeah, he shoved him in the back. Red card penalty. Yeah, I think. It's strange when they give those kind of decisions if it, as if it's not in the box. Um, yeah, mm. If it wasn't in the box, okay, that that's fine. It's a yellow card, but because it is, and he's denied the clear goal scoring opportunity, yeah, um, maybe, maybe he should have theoretically gone. But again, it doesn't matter. Anyway, it doesn't um, matter. Yeah, VAR uh, got it. I will say one thing about VAR: whether you like it or not, they got it spot on yesterday. I believe every decision in this game I thought yeah. was right, and Long was offside. Maybe it was only by a big toe or whatever it was, but. I think he needs to shave his armpits because um, that was always keeping him off. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, they put the ball in the back of the net again, didn't they? Inacho. Um, yeah. Offside, uh, rightly so. Got it spot on again, I believe. No, I mean, it's a lovely little technique there, that little cheeky mm. diff back flick at the near post. But, um, yeah, again, that was called offside. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, one of our own. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Um, and Kurt. <laughs> The the second goal, the winning goal, Ings, 81st minute. I mean, when he got the ball, we had heaps to do still. But but the build-up, the, the Shea, I mean, he was fantastic. Yeah. And at the turn, he mm-hmm. the ball yeah. was under his feet. Like the one-two. Played, yeah, yeah the little one-two with Redman. Nice yeah. assist. And then Ings does, does the rest. It was never a doubt, was it? So that was 10 in 10 starts and 16th of the, of the season. You know, it's amazing. Yeah, and I think, yeah. again, you know, probably props to, to Ralph on his substitutions and stuff, because I know on the on the you know TV feed here they kept talking about, you know, who we had warmed up, and I know, like, Obafemi was up at one point, um, you know, mm-hmm. Gennepo, Buffalo, you know, they were they were kind of throwing a few people up and up and down there last minute, and I think, you know, they, I don't know if Obafemi was maybe going to come on for Ings at one point there. Or what, he was, but, yeah. Um, I think Ralph admitted that he was going to take um, yeah. Danny off at that point. Yeah, so, you know, and bringing in Adams, you know, I think, you know, still having the confidence in him, you know, because he had just come on, I think, a few minutes before that. So Yeah, and, and then talking, yeah. talking of Shea, that, that chance at the end, I mean, 
it was over. It was out of nothing. This is what I like. This is what's pleasing about it. It was, it was there was nothing around. Game was kind of fizzling out. Shade has a little back hill when it goes straight to Redmond's path, and he's gone. Mm-hmm. Ball comes across to Ings, and he you know, puts his shot, and Schmeichel saved them again. But the chances that we're creating from nothing is and Shay. Oh, that was brilliant for me. I thought it was one of his best performances. Yeah, it just shows that I mean, he doesn't have to be banging them in like Ingsy to make a difference in these games. Um, and I don't think, and you know, anyone who, who follows the Saints um, is not going to have a bad word to say about Adams, despite his lack of goal scoring. Um, he hasn't, yeah, he hasn't really been getting the game time, and we don't rely on him in that way. We've got Ings, and, and he does that job. So yeah, he's not going anywhere. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and then at the end again, uh, McCarthy stops Iheanacho. I think it's his chest, but you know, great work again from from McCarthy. And then the moment came that I couldn't, yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> One we were all waiting for. Yeah, the Shea Adams gives a free kick away, and I thought, oh, here we go. All this hard work, uh, and it's going to earn us just an undeserved point out of it. And then, of course, it does happen. I was saying to the people at work, I was like, here it comes. It's coming. Trust me, it's going to come in. <laughs> and then Evans hammers home but VAR again and he was clearly offside so so well done VAR uh, and then yeah that was it for full time 2-1 we, we did it it was just unbelievable and, and it was well deserved and it could have been more so yeah p- just really really proud of the football club right now and, and the turnaround and so, some fans were still like sceptical about the form saying oh yeah okay we've beaten teams like uh, Watford Norwich Villa but now, you know, now we've beaten Spurs, now we've beaten Chelsea, now we've beaten Leicester. This is more than form. This, this, this is a turnaround, you know, and we've got the redemption now. We didn't allow Leicester to play their game. We had answers for them. And I think Ralph had his team spot on. The, the energy. And, you know, this, this is how we both thought they were going to be playing at the start of the season. Uh, we were all optimistic, including me. <laughs> But yeah, it's just it's just such an amazing turnaround from what it was. You know, I feel like a man who's leapt out of a plane with no parachute and has landed in a hot tub at the Playboy Mansion. <laughs> <laughs> and it, we're not hearing about um, you know, fans calling for Ralph's head now. Yeah, no, I mean, no, I would no. listen to those fans like anyway. No, we, we didn't, did we? But yeah, um, and yeah, the scenes at full time, Kurt. Did you? Did you? I mean, I guess in, on the broadcast that you saw. All the players walking over to the fans. The, the hands are all linked together. Just a really, really nice scene. Yeah, yeah, that was awesome. I saw some, you know, videos people were posting on Twitter and stuff too. Um, you know, definitely gave me some some chills and reminders of the Chelsea match too. And pretty much everyone came over after. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think kind of I don't know what happened that November international break, but it just seems yeah, like everyone top to bottom is just bought in, you know, to the message from Ralph and everything, because, I mean, they just kept at it, you know, the entire game, you know, I think a couple notes I even had, even in, like, that injury time, we were just keeping the ball in Leicester's half, like, there was just some great, like, team pressing, I think it was from, like, Ings Adam and, you know, Ward Prowse, just, like, keeping it so they could barely even get it, you know, out from the back line and the keeper, it was, it was you know, definitely impressed by that. Absolutely, yeah, and, and Kev, the, the, the stats, did you, um, did you get a look at the stats? I'm sure you did. Yeah. But before you uh, did, I mean, sorry, I'll just, <laughs> before you do go into the stats, I, I just want to say that I saw the graphic on Match of the Day with the top ten sprints, um, and seven mm. of them were Saints players, and it just goes to show the work ethic 
that each and every one of those guys are putting in at the moment, um, and they're getting the rewards for it. So, so yeah, yeah. I mean, even the the fullbacks, um, Bertrand and Cedric, I mean, they had a, a great game, and you know they're, they're not bonnies for consistently good performances. But yeah, I was I was quite impressed with those uh, players. Um, they have the stats. Um, yeah, Leicester obviously had more possession of um, 58 to 42. Kind of expect that uh, the way they play. I mean, that we want to set up the way. Um, but yeah, we had uh, six shots five um, of 10 of ours were on target, but all of the five were on target. Um, we had four corners there too. So yeah, we, we're clearly the better team by every metric possible. Yeah, and brilliant. Yeah, and so now we can officially say 9-0, ancient history. Put it to bed. Kurt, I'm going to start yeah. with you. Man of the match. Uh, I mean, I could probably try to get cute, you know, with this one, but I think, I mean, I think you just got to give it to Danny Ings. Um, I mean, you know, his work ethic all game and, you know, fighting till the end, getting that goal finally in the 81st minute, you know, after he had had so many chances in the first half, you know, right off the bat, those couple off the crossbar at the end of the first half. Um, yeah, I mean, you could see it, you know, you could see how much he wanted it too, you know, taking his, his shirt off and everything, running to the corner, um, you know, he's definitely, Passion, yeah. yeah, yeah, he's definitely happy to be here and happy with the form he's in, and yeah, I think you gotta go with him, but I mean, you could definitely give it to other people, I mean, McCarthy, he had some very, you know, huge key saves, I felt too, um, especially at the end and stuff, so, um, yeah, many, many, uh, you know, big, big moments from a lot of the players on the pitch yesterday. And you, Kevin? Um, I mean, I never uh, don't want to give it to, to Danny Ings because, I mean, he's just in in the form of his life. Machine! Ten, oh, ten, ten games, yeah. He's a red machine. But, um, yeah, in this case, I think um, Stuart Armstrong deserves man of the match. I mean, he's, My boy! Um <laughs> Yeah, he's finally uh, found his way back into the first team, and I, I think he should be a regular now. But, I mean, he normally has these kind of understated performances where he kind of does the role, kind of like Stephen Davis did um, before him. And, um, but yesterday he just really jumped out at me. I was you know, paying a lot of attention to him. Um, he was getting brilliant balls into the box, but also um, breaking up and slowing down the play. Um, yeah, winning those uh, one-on-one battles as well, and yeah, just an all-round beast of a man. Yeah, and he's got beautiful hair. <laughs> he's just got beautiful <laughs> hair. Yeah, um, I'm glad you said him because he was one of mine that I wrote. I mean, I always write him down when he's when he has a game like that. Anyway, but um, I've been thinking quite a lot about it. Like like um, Kurt said, you could be re- really cute with it, but and I was thinking, can can you give it to Ralph? Is that an option? Because <laughs> yeah, he, I was, was, that he was fantastic. Yeah, um, I thought Cedric was great yesterday. He covered so much ground, and he actually defended. Um, but I just think it has to be Danny. I mean, the guy can do no wrong. Still scoring, still covering the ground like no other. Still sniffing out the chances. Still injury free. I mean, he hit the bar twice, didn't he? he hit the net once. I'm could have put about another. T- touching wood, as you said, injury free. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good. Do that. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go, Danny Ings. Um, yeah, right, I have a serious question for both of you. Uh, probably, Kev, you'll have more importance to you. But with Harry Kane out until April, and the Euros are coming up, 
does Danny Ings deserve to get that England call up? I, I've heard um, so many players uh, mentioned in, in this discussion. Um, and who have you got? Um, you yeah, got Rashford, Rash, Rashford, Tammy, Calvert Lewin, yeah, Callum Wilson. And not once is Ings ever mentioned in that conversation. And I'm kind of glad of it because we need him. I mean, the yeah, last thing we need is for Ings to get injured away on England duty. No, the only reason I'm asking you, Kev, is because I'm thinking, forget friendlies, let's just, uh, is he going to be on that plane? To Well, I'll say on the plane, because our first game's at Wembley in the Euros, isn't it? But, I mean, England play Croatia in the first game at Euro 2020 on the 15th of June. Do you think, hand on your heart, Danny Ings is in that squad somehow? Um, no, I mean, I've even heard some um, uh, talk about bringing Vardy out of retirement uh, to replace Kane. So, uh, yeah, I, I think the fact that he's being overlooked, I mean, we kind of uh, grow to expect it with um, Gareth Southgate. Um, I mean, Roy was quite fond of Southampton and um, brought in quite a lot of our players. Actually, you say that, uh, but Kev, but, but Gareth Southgate was the one who gave Danny Ings his, his England under-21 cap, his first cap. And then, mm. as you say, Roy Hodgson gave, um, gave Danny his, his full international cap. So yeah, Roy Hodgson and Gareth Southgate have had a part to play in his, in his international career. So we've, But we've then he wasn't playing Southampton then. No, you are right, but still. <laughs> yeah. What about you, What about you, Kurt? Do you think he's um, done enough to get in that England squad? Uh, yeah, I mean, I definitely think he's, you know, proved himself this year as, you know, potential and everything. Um, he's just been on, you know, amazing form as of late, but I think selfishly, yeah, I don't really want him to go play any more games and have, have that chance of injury. Just um, wait till the season's over. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, you know, honestly, I don't really care if England wins or not, so, <laughs> you know, from, from my point of view. So. Yeah. I have a quiz for you, Kevin, because, yeah, this is an unexpected quiz, because we have Kurt on, and as you know, Kurt is from Florida. I would like you, Kevin, to name all the pro teams in Florida. Now, starting <laughs> oh. with the NFL, how many pro teams are in Florida from the NFL? I mean, you know that my knowledge about American football is, is slightly less than fuck all. <laughs> um, right, I'll help you out. Maybe give me, a t- give me the city. Well, no, I'll, I'll start off by first by saying there are three Florida teams in the NFL. Okay. Um, is it there's this... Uh, you could get really creative geez. with this, Kev. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. What about? Um, I could give you the city. Okay, the, like. the Tallahassee toenails. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Um, shall I give you the cities? Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. So you got Miami Dolphins. Well done, Jacksonville. Mm, okay. Um, Jackals. Jaguars. Uh. <laughs> and you've got, uh, of course, Kurt. Home, Tampa Bay. Uh, the owners Tampa, of Manchester United. And the Tampa Bay Stingrays. <laughs> <laughs> Kurt, you can tell him what it is. The Buccaneers. It's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, NHL, Kevin, this should be easier for you. There are two. Ah, uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. Well done. Yeah. See, I know a bit about hockey. And uh, is there is the second priority team... It's not um, actually named after the city, it's named after the state. Of Florida Panthers? Well done! Yeah. yeah, okay. Well done. And then we go to the uh, the NBA. There are two. One of them is from Miami, 
And one of them is from Orlando. Yes. Oh. <laughs> Orlando Pirates. This is, no, this is, this is cruel. <laughs> is. Kurt, do you want to help him um, out? Yeah, the Orlando Magic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. And the Miami Heat. Well done. Miami Heat. How right. could you not get the Miami Heat? Dwayne Wade and LeBron James back in the day. Um, and then we go to baseball. There are two. One of them in um, Miami, and one of them, again, in Kurt's place. Uh, the, the, the Miami Swackers. <laughs> I love it. No, Miami Marlins. And the Tampa Bay Twatters. <laughs> Think of your co-host. Um, I just did. <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry. Tampa Bay Rays. Oh, bloody hell. Um, I didn't even think of that. Last, <laughs> lastly, we're going to go the MLS. There are two. See, I, I'm thinking Miami Heat sounds like a football team as well. It's nice. No. Miami Thunder. <laughs> no, you've got Orlando City and you've got David Beckham's team. Hang on, Orlando City Wizards. Is that right? I just think it's Orlando City, isn't it, Kurt? Yeah, I think they've always kind of considered themselves like the Lions or something. Um, yeah, Orlando City, uh-huh. and the other one is Inter Miami. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a fancy football team name, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it does, but yeah, um, Kev, you did horrible in that. Even when I gave you the clue of your co-host, you still could not get it. So yeah. What do you expect? Well, I'm going to get my revenge for some... Russian hockey team quiz. Hey, mate, you've got your revenge on me already, <laughs> so this is my revenge. Yeah. Um, Kurt, uh, questions. Would you rather be half the height of Cedric or twice the height of Vestergaard? Oh, yeah. I was preparing for these ones um, from <laughs> listening to the prior episodes, but uh, I just think twice the height, you would just be way too tall. Um, so, especially with, you know, my travels to London and Paris and some of the tours we were doing of museums or churches and having to climb these, you know, crazy little staircases and stuff. I'd just be no way I could fit in any of those, so I'll have to go half the height. You wouldn't, you wouldn't have to climb them. You could just look through the window. <laughs> <laughs> that's true, that's true. Okay, so would you rather wear a pumpy shirt every day for five years or sleep in a haunted house for ten? Uh, yeah, so initially I was thinking the haunted house, but... I know, Kev, you're going to mention, you know, it's going to be haunted by the Pompey fans and that the fucker with <laughs> <Yeah>. the bell. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I think I think I'll just do the Pompey shirt. Like I said, it should be easy. You can turn yeah. it inside out or something. You know, Absolutely. I'll buy I'll buy a big piece of land here in America and put a big red barn on it. And I'll when I'm painting the barn red, I'll get a little red paint on that Pompey shirt. <laughs> like it, like it. Um, now, Kurt, when you went to, you mentioned it earlier, actually, the, the chance that you heard, but you've been to Stamford Bridge and St. Mary's. Did you have a favourite chant that you remember? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, obviously the first time you hear, you know, when the Saints go marching in, you know, live in person is, is pretty awesome. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, we had talked about it when we met, but yeah, at Stanford Bridge, I think it was, you know, them saying, saying, you know, your stadium's full of tourists. Uh, I got a kick out of it, you know, the, like the last few minutes as their fans were, were starting to trickle out, you know, they were chanting, is there a fire drill? Um, and then, you know, there was, 
there was a couple good little like Christmas themed ones. Um, <clears throat> they were like you know jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Or what fun it is to see Southampton win away. Mm. So that was good. <laughs> and then they did a uh, 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 last Christmas. Uh, you know, last Christmas oh, gave you my heart. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Saved me from tears. I'll give you give it to Hassan Hootle. So. Yeah, yeah. So definitely, those ones were good. Excellent. Is that kind of atmosphere um, quite different from what you see in an American stadium? Oh yeah, yeah. This the total, yeah, the total atmosphere. I mean, I think right off the bat, you know, that you can only drink beer out in like the you know the concourse area, you know, getting it just by the concession. Can't bring it to your seat. Um, I feel like, yeah, everyone's getting beer. I mean, they're even walking around, you know, and selling beer during the games. Um, even, even the players and the athletes are on the beer in the game. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it feels that way without a plan. But, yeah, I think that part, and I, I mean, I definitely think everyone's more into the game, like, as far as watching it. Um, like, I feel like, it, you know, there's groups of people here that are just kind of chit-chatting or whatever, you know, not really concentrating on what's going on, but... I guess it's probably a product of our sports always having commercial breaks and everything, too. Sure. You know, we've got a lot of start and stop, so. Slow burners um, sometimes, yeah. Yeah. Um, baseball and American football, yeah. Yeah. Right, okay, I think that is about it, Kev. Um, yeah, Kurt, thank you very much for joining us today. It's been great to catch up. And, you know, if you ever plan to visit the UK again, please get in touch and we'll, we'll, do, it, we'll do it all again. Because you're a little bit of a good luck charm. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to take all the credit, but yeah, the, uh, they, they definitely have been on an uptick in form since since I went there. Um, I think that Tottenham game we didn't get to watch on New Year's Day, but I believe I was at the Eiffel Tower with my Southampton scarf I had just bought, you know, a few days before. So, like right. to think that that beautiful Danny Ings goal had something to do with <laughs> us being there and that. I'd have to, you have to send some pictures to me with that about your, your trip in Paris. That'd be that'd be great. Yeah, especially definitely. one of you and your uh, your Saint uh, scarf on the Eiffel Tower. That'd be amazing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'll, I'll send those over to you. But yeah, I definitely appreciate you guys. Everything you know, meeting us, meeting up with us before and after the match. Um, that was that was a great time. We shared a lot of good good points, a lot of good talk. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. Oh, I even wanted to mention Ray, too, because we had been talking about hockey when I was there. So how about the form the Lightning have been on? I think oh the last God. ten in a row they've won now. Yeah, they're, they're, they're starting to come good at the right time again, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I just think Boston Bruins are going uh, to have them. Yeah, probably. <laughs> or maybe Columbus again. <laughs> oh, God, no. <laughs> Sorry, that was a cheap shot. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah anyway right. thanks Kurt thanks for joining us and you're welcome back anytime yeah it's great catching up with you guys hope uh, Kev your family and everything's doing well Allison sends you know her regards to you both oh yeah uh, thanks yeah so yeah send over our regards as well it's brilliant to hear from you amazing <laughs> yeah cool thanks Kurt thanks guys up the Saints right. up the Saints, up the Saints. Joining us now to plan our visit of Wolves, we have the lads from Talking Wolves, Dave Azapardi and Matt Cooper. Welcome, guys. Thank you, man. Cheers. Uh, Dave, you've been on before. We had you when we were at Molyneux back in October, so welcome back. Um, Thank you. Matt, 
first time joining us today. I mean, I check out all our guests' podcasts and like fan TV channels and stuff like that, and I really enjoy the work that you guys do. It's, just, it's really oh, cool. thank you, thank, thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> right, okay, so I'm just going to start with your current form. So, what you're sat in is it seventh at the moment? Eleven points in December. You had victories over West Ham, Norwich, and Man City. So, yeah. Put in a good performance against Liverpool, actually. I remember that. I'm quite unlucky. And then um, Traore was nominated for Player of the Month. Scored a cracker against Spurs. Mm-hmm. But um, do you think it's, it's fair to say that it's been you know, a bit of a slow start to the year and you had back-to-back defeats going into that Newcastle game and you lost to a rejuvenated Watford? Uh, I, I don't really watch much of that FA Cup game against Man United, but you've got a third round replay. I wish I hadn't. <laughs> <laughs> but then again, on the flip side, you are bloody difficult to beat because I said I think I read somewhere that you've only lost twice in the last eighteen Premier League games. Yeah, yeah, we're in a yeah we're in a we're in a good position really. Um, although I mean, after our result against Newcastle uh, yesterday, the Wolves Twitter's. There, there's been a few arguments and, and so on. I don't think it's all overly positive, but I was speaking to Matt beforehand. Like, uh, with the, I know we'll probably speak about it a little bit more later, but I think at the start of the season, you know, Wolves have played 37 games, I think now, or, or maybe even a bit more already this season. Wow. Yeah, 39. Um, for us still to be in a, a decent position in the league and still to be in the FA Cup and still to be in the Europa League knockout stages, I think, you know, it is impressive and hopefully Wolves do add in January because I think with a little bit of extra firepower, a couple of extra pairs of legs, um, genuinely it could be a, another positive um, Premier League campaign. Uh, like you said, it was a decent month in, in December uh, and I think fans were sort of disappointed that we we couldn't get anything against Liverpool with how well we played, obviously lost out to Watford. But I think all around Christmas our fixtures were Norwich, Man City, Liverpool and Watford. And if you said six points out of those four, I think you would have taken it. And we did because we beat Norwich and we beat City. Obviously, it's a little bit disappointing that we got two defeats on the bounce uh, to end to end the year or start the year uh, in what in the case of Watford. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're taking points from teams. You know, last year I think our biggest downfall was not taking points from the teams down the bottom of the table. And I think we are starting to do that a little bit more now. Yeah, I mean, the the, the, the form the past couple of weeks or so has been fairly fairly wayward and we just I don't know we, we look very we look very leggy it's starting to um, I think the, the Europa League campaign and like the, the influx in, in games is starting to kind of take its toll on the on the eye now it's, uh, it's we're fairly one dimensional and and players are making sloppy mistakes which is kind of you know in line with the thinking that, that they're, just, they're just knackered so um, saying that we are really really hard to beat but the goals that we give away, they they are sloppy goals. So again, it's again. I, I think they're just. I think they're just tired, and, and, and new signings have to come in this January because if we don't bring anyone in or just bring one player in, we'll slide. We'll slide down that league. Well, I'm pretty sure of that. Is there is there a desire to push on in the FA Cup, or are you fully focused on the league position? And you know, you got you got Espanyol in the Europa League. So are you just focusing on the league and Europa League and to get the cup. Yeah. I, I mean, the, the league first and foremost is what is what's important. Um, the FA Cup couldn't really care about after last season's heartbreak. <laughs> we've been playing it ever again. Um, it's, it's still not over. But oh, I was with you in that. I watched that semi-final. I really wanted Wolves to do that. To be honest, it's just 
Gerard Delafay, who just every time oh, I hear his God. name, I get a bit of bit, bit of PTSD. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, the Europa League is also also key for us because we've been handed a a good draw Espanola bottom of La Liga, but they've just had a new manager. So hopefully by the time we play them, that new manager bounces. Um, it's kind of fizzled out, but yeah, we do really well in the Europa League and, and still sitting in a good position in the league. But in terms of other domestic cup competitions, it's uh, it's out of the question. But we probably look at rotating the squad, but we can't because we've only got 13 first team players. So yeah, it's usually we'll the case, isn't it, with teams that you know outside the you know the big the big guys they struggle with European qualification because of those what six group games and and you know and beyond because of the squads not being big enough, but. I, I thought Nuno's managed it quite well up to this point, to be honest. I don't think they were struggling. It's it's strange. I mean, it's probably up until now that we've actually... I think it surprised everybody. Like, from day one, Nuno's always had a small squad at Wolves. Uh, when he first joined in the Championship... Is that he had by a lot. design, or is it just for, for, you know, lack of... Apparently so. Oh, it is? OK. Yeah, yeah, that's what, that's what he wants. So, he... In the Championship, I, I'd probably say he had probably one or two extra players, but that's mainly because that was his first season there, and obviously those players were still there. Um, he like streamlined the squad a lot last year, uh, and then the same this year as well. Um, the, I think the reasoning being is it's a bit. I think it sounds a bit daft, but it's just to keep the squad harmony uh, a lot tighter. Um, and I think that's a big reason why Catrone has come and gone so quickly. Um, because as soon as you get one bad apple, that obviously starts passing on to different members of the team. So I think what they've tried to do is keep the squad as tight as they can and just to try and keep everyone and manage everyone as best as they can, really. Um, So, yeah, it is a a small squad, but I think Nuno is starting to realise now that he does need extra players because uh, more often uh, you never hear him comment on uh, and make excuses as such in a press conference, but recently he is moaned a lot about fixtures, about tired legs, about transfers, which he never normally comments on. Uh, so it is clear to see that Nuno definitely wants to add more players this month. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the history of Nuno's press conference, he'd make an amazing politician because if you ask him a question <laughs> and he'll either won't answer or answer something else. Um, and and especially, especially with transfers, he's extremely coy. Um, about it all but the past few weeks is we need players the board yeah. needs to bring players in and for Nuno to come out and say that is, um, it worries me a little bit <laughs> it really does because he must know something that we don't but um, that, that this, this window is nasty for us if we want to if we want to kick on I know it sounds ridiculous when we finish 7th last season but say to Dave early if you stand still you go backwards so you have to keep improving very true yeah um, yeah I mean, so who have been the throughout the 37 odd matches you've had who have been the surprise packages in terms of uh, players this season it's going to be a Dharma Traore hasn't it yeah I'm glad you said that actually because Dave last time we had you on I questioned you about Traore and you said that you know he wasn't I think it was the previous season that he didn't play very well yeah to see how you know how you take into him this season yeah, I mean, I, I will let Matt uh, wax lyrical about him in a second because Matt's <laughs> literally his biggest fan, I think. Um, but yeah, I remember when we spoke last time, he'd started to slowly find his form. And I've said it before, I think if um, if Adama Traore didn't cost Wolves as much as he did, I think they would have flogged him off last summer. Um, I think the fact that he's, we spent £18 million on him, I think Wolves sort of needed to stick by him, otherwise you know, they would have lost some serious money. Uh, but now you know they're looking and there's been fees quoted of £60-70 million for him because of his form uh, this year. So he has, yeah. he's just slowly started to add that uh, 
you know, he could be better. You know, he could start scoring more goals. He could start getting a few more assists. But the way he's, you know, he has literally Nuno is picking his team around Adama Troy already at the moment, in my opinion. He, he's, um, he's a fucking unit, isn't he? He's a yeah, he's, he's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, someone, he's a tank. Someone to be that size and to move as quick as he does... It's quite unique. He's just like a quilt spring, really. He's 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 so powerful. I mean, you see him out jumping six foot four defenders for headers and stuff. He's yeah. just, I mean, it, first and foremost, he's a, he's a tremendous athlete, and these kind of athletes only come around like once in a generation. But he started to um, discover cells in his footballing brain, which he obviously didn't, <laughs> he didn't seem to possess last season. But I, I, I was banging the drama drum for large parts of last season when we had um, Cavalero and Costa being played ahead of him. Um, he, his willingness to be direct and uh, and just how quickly he gets, gets you up the pitch, I've always been an admirer of. Yeah, he's frustrating with his final ball, um, but he's, he never shies away from it and he's always looking to take people on and, and, and commit players. You've seen... You've seen this season, I think he's... How many yellow cards has he drawn, Dave? Is it like 30-odd? Oh, uh, not quite that many, but a ridiculous amount. In like 26, 27 games, he's drawn like 23 bookings off players. Wow. Was yeah, like ridiculous so, what a weapon. Yeah, yeah. He, he's, a, he's amazing. And um, this season, he's had, he's had a pre-season under Nuno. We've seen him play at right wing-back, at right midfield. But he started to add that that final ball to his game and he's been absolutely devastating There's, the only way to stop him is to kick him because I, I genuinely don't believe there is a better winger in world football right now as a winger in terms of being direct and taking players on he, he beats his man 10 times out of 10 alright his final ball might not be perfect still but you beat your man 10 times out of 10 it doesn't need to be perfect the thing is though Matt like he I, you say that about his ball, like, he, you remember there was that article about his crossing, that, like, his percentage of crosses, like... So was only like, De Bruyne has got a bit of crossing. No, 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 he decent. was, no, he was, much, like, he was double De Bruyne, like, that was the stat, like, how much better he was at De Bruyne than crossing, but, like, yesterday against Newcastle, you think of our best chances in that game, the Jimenez one, that was a ball from Adama, which just, it was one of them crosses where the keeper possibly should have come for it, but it was in such an awkward area that he put that ball... That Wolves should have scored as well, and he was—he reminds me a little bit of uh, Bakary Saka, who Wolves used to have in the Championship. Yeah. Uh, at times, Bakary Saka used to frustrate the hell out of me because he couldn't like—he could be quiet for 60, 70 minutes of the game. And Adama sometimes is like that. Yesterday he was like that, but you know, as soon as he gets the ball, he could win you the game on his own. And we had another chance in the second half. The two best chances of the game, in my opinion, both came from Adama, just creating, just creating space, creating opportunities as well. So he ca- he can do that, even if he has a quiet game. Um, I think it works with, with Adama when we're playing a bigger team because they're pushed so high up. And as soon as he gets the ball, he's got that little bit more room. Um, against a team such as Newcastle, which sit deep, he, he does have to use his brain a little bit more and, and, and decide what he wants to do. Um, but he, he even against Newcastle yesterday, he still managed to create those quality uh, opportunities really yeah because I mean Jetro Williams at Newcastle I mean, he's no slouch but every time he just went past him with ease like I've, ne- I've never seen a player get, attempt to take on as much as Adama and be, <laughs> success- be successful in it and even when he's not playing at his best he still brings four or five players and that's that's no joke four or five players across with him which obviously um, frees up some space in the middle of the pitch but what a, what a player he's become under Nuno. He's he's so exciting, and if he doesn't run round you, will run through you. So he, he's definitely the one to watch in terms of in Southampton's chances. If you can keep Adama quiet, there's there's a good chance you can keep Wolves quiet. 
Kev, I don't, I don't. I think we're going to have a you know a bit of a moment where you're going to have to put Romeo on the team. I think someone to <laughs> stand back and kick him a bit because <laughs> I don't quite fancy yeah. Bertrand's chances against him. To be honest, no. Um, <laughs> yeah. Really, really starting to make us panic now. It, it, yeah. it all depends what Adama Troyer turns. More often than not, it, it's the Adama we've we loved all season. But you still get play... those couple of games and you're like bloody hell, so I'm just. You're right up. Did he play in that um, wide right position against Newcastle yesterday? Was he up, yeah. up with the from with, with he was up with Jimenez? Was he? Yeah, yeah Jimenez and Nettle on the left hand side. Yeah. If they're playing that way, Kev, then we are, maybe we'll have to go three <laughs> at the back and then play the wing backs. I don't know. Gonna get Romeo sent off yeah. in about ten minutes. Yeah. <laughs> He's a, yeah. If you, if you, if anyone is a, a, a betting man, get Face and Romeo to be carded because Face. I think he's picked up more yellow cards and red uh, red cards combined in the Premier League this season, and he's probably played about fifty percent of their games. It's <laughs> <laughs> ridiculous. Well, Romeo hasn't been playing, has he, Kev? Um, but you know, maybe they might put him on as a little bit of cover. Um, I think you have to, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Any underachievers this year? Um, Matt Doherty for me. Really? Oh wow! Mm. Yeah, for me. Uh, he's he's a fantasy football team, and he cares. I think Matt. He must be. Like, he must be like a match of the day player, Matt Doherty. Like, yeah. Everyone loves him, don't they? Like, or not loves him, but everyone thinks he's like behind. Yeah, we do. Uh, Trent and maybe Wambasaka. They think he's like the best right side of the matter. You see, he gets a goal on the list. You think, wow, what a player! You see him every week. Like Dave Edwards. Dave Edwards used to be like footballs. He'd always pop up with a goal, but for the rest of the game, he was, you know. He's dreadful. I mean, it's lucky that he's he's, he's a system player. If you put him in a back four, he's championship level at best. But because he plays in in that wing back position, it allows him to get forward. And he's attacking position in the runs he make a super. They're in line with a, an elite level striker. He's always in the right place at the right time. But the past month or so, I mean, he had an injury at the start of the season. He just looks shagged from the first whistle, for a want of a better word. Um, he, he looks he looks very very leggy he's making sloppy mistakes but it, it's funny you should say that because I, I was drinking up my local fire and I live in West Brom unfortunately and they're saying that Doherty's a, that Doherty's a great player he's, and I was like is he, is he really but he's a system player and he's, he does come up with a, you know, a fair amount of goals and assists but he can be so frustrating oh well, there you go Kev we've got Gineppo against him <laughs> it's uh, that right hand side for me worries it, it more often that's than how easy to area yeah, oh, by an absolute buzz rider. Adama always covers Doc defending. I mean, he, he catches it with anyone anyway, but it's a good job because oh, he's, he's been a bit of a liability recently. But a lot of Wolf fans still love him and still think he's the best thing since sliced bread. So, um, yeah, he, he definitely splits opinion. Yeah, I, I just wanted to um, ask you with that in mind, is there any particular Saints player that you're worried about? Lungs, isn't it? It's got to be the obvious one, hasn't it? I mean, yeah. charismatic this season. Who would have thought it? Because I certainly wouldn't have. No, no, not us. Because he's, he's, he's had trouble with with injuries. But this mm. season he's been injury-free. And, you know, he just... He, he's had that confidence from the start of the season. And he's just, you know, taken it and run away with it. Just I think we, I think we, we were linked with him when um, his contract was coming to an end with Paul or when he left. And I was just like, God, is that the sort of rubbish we're linked with? That's <laughs> how much I know about football. <laughs> 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 yeah, he's, he, I mean, he scored against us um, at Molyneux. I know Vallejo and Cody basically put it on a plate for him, which... That's right, yeah. Vallejo again. He's that was the that was the fought, the straw for Vallejo. Yeah. I think because I don't think he's had a good run. I don't think he's played in the league since then. Actually, yeah, that that loaded the gun for uh, <laughs> Vallejo. He's, he's going back to Real Madrid by all accounts. But um, yeah, Ings also 
I mean, Ward Prowse and Hoiberg have been playing well recently. Would it be right in saying that? Um, I think Hoiberg splits opinion. I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of his, but mm. James Ward Prowse is just yeah, he's just a machine. He's he's all over the place, and a lot of fans are, are on him now. But yeah, I still Hoy- think Ward Prowse is like 21. I've just seen that he's 25. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy that. <laughs> Not Jesse Lingard, that is. He's yeah. not 27. Yeah. He just looks young. Yeah. yeah. It's like Dave, that. Yeah. <laughs> Dave's actually 35. <laughs> <laughs> so that, um, that game back in October, it was Kev. I mean, it was a great point for us. And we take that, as you say, Ings, Ings with the goal. Jimenez from the spot, wasn't it? And I think it was, it was that game that Jimenez had the ball in the net like three times, didn't he? Yeah, VAR. Yeah, yeah VAR handball and, and one was offside. Yeah. But, I mean, are we expecting a similar game this time round? I think you'll beat us. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, wow. I really think you'll beat us. Well, I Just, don't know. I mean, you, you're talking about how good Adama is at the moment. and like, Yeah, but... What are, I mean, your, look, what are your obvious weaknesses, then? The right-hand side. <laughs> you know, where Adama plays. <laughs> yeah, but... We got defensively. Yeah. Defensively, down that right-hand side. I mean, then Donk has slotted into the centre-half position where he looked better... But again, he, he has he has four good games and he has one stinker, same as Stace. So I, I, I don't. I, it worries me, but I don't know with, with the, the form that you're in and us looking really leggy and only having twelve or thirteen first team players to pick from with a game at Man United on Wednesday. It's going it's gonna to be a really tough task for us. Like I said, no game's easy in the Premier League, but you've just gone to Leicester and beat them, so there's no reason why you can't beat us either. All right, well, so what, what sort of line-up are you expecting to go with? We'll probably go the exact same team as yesterday. Like, <laughs> very rare, no, very rare that we change the line-up, so... We can't. Yeah. <laughs> we haven't got enough players. It'll be three of Adama, Jimenez and Neto. Martino and Neves in the middle. Johnny Otto, left back, uh, left wing back, and Matt Doherty, right wing back. Uh, back three of Stace, Cody, and Den Donker, and Patricio in goal. Guaranteed that will be the lineup. Unless we sign anyone in the next day or so, that, w- that will be the lineup for sure. I can, if Jotter is fit, which it looks very unlikely now, he will play instead of Neto. Um, but if not, what Dave said to it, I mean, I'd happily put money on it. And look at the bench yesterday against Newcastle. I think our top scorer on that bench was Ryan Bennett with one Premier League goal. That's uh, it's it's a bit of a it's, it's threadbare. I mean, Dave, me and Dave having a conversation earlier. Look, Fulham had a better bench than us last uh, la- yesterday. Yesterday, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, they've got Kearney. Um, who else did they have, Dave? Kearney, Hanson, Alfie Mawson. I mean, they had they had you know top Championship quality, lower Premier League quality players, whereas we really didn't. Yeah, we brought a left wing back on to try and change the game. And Vinagre and played in left wing. Like he, he's, he's good offensively, but if you're relying on a 19 plus 20 year old wing back to come on and, and, and change the game and add a bit more penetration, then it just shows how, how much we are struggling with such a small squad. Okay, so um, yeah, you, you think that we're going to win? What's your score prediction then? I reckon one nil Southampton. Um, oh, this is unless we bring. Some, some reinforcements in, but whether Nuno will will blood them straight into the team, for, in, into the starting eleven straight away, I don't I don't know. Like we just we just look very very tired, but we are hard to beat. So maybe maybe one nil Southampton or maybe a one one. But we we've we've conceded so many goals first this season, but still managed to come back. So I think it'll be a good game though. I really do. I'm going. I think it's got one one written all over it. It's just one of those games I could just. 
see uh, Wolves should have enough to, to stop Southampton from winning but I think it'll be similar to the game at, at Molyneux um, these type of games away from home Wolves at times against no disrespect Southampton sort of the bottom half teams mm-hmm. um, we just yeah we just don't look like we've got the the uh, the quality going forward at the moment um, strangely so yeah I'm going to go with a 1-1 draw I've got that exactly as well Dave I've gone for a 1-1 I yeah. don't think that I mean I know Saints have picked it up a bit in the past few weeks but their form never seems to last as long as it possibly should and I know that a lot of Saints fans are going to look at this game and think yeah they're there for the taking right now you know, especially the way that we're playing but it always comes crashing down doesn't it like it did against Crystal Palace Kev when yeah. we were on a, on, on a high and yeah so I'm going to say same as it was before, 1-1. One, one. I think it all depends really on what on, on the team we put out at United as well because mm, yeah. um, I mean the, the ticket prices were ridiculous. I mean we, m- me and Dave managed to pick ours up for £37 even though because we're season ticket holders but if you're not you're paying upwards of 55 to go and see an FA Cup replay where wow. the Wolves will be putting out under 12s <laughs> maybe even the under 11s if, uh, <laughs> if they've got a game the same week so um, it all depends on which rest they get and if any other injuries are picked up but Wolves always seem to surprise us when we think when we think we're down and out they put in a few performance I mean who would have thought 2-0 down against Man City we'd come back and beat in 3-2 because I certainly didn't <laughs> no. yeah. Yeah. Kevin, you got, oh, oh god yeah I mean we are on absolutely blistering form at the moment and we all feel that it's got to come to an end at some point and against the stronger teams we, we seem to be able to put in a, a more performance teams that go at us we can kind of respond to that whereas the the tired and weaker teams I mean, we've kind of seen it with Everton didn't we I mean, that first West half against Everton, Newcastle, Palace yeah. I mean the list goes on and yeah I think this, this is, does look like that kind of Lip fixture where both teams are just going to take a bit of a breather. So yeah, I'm going to mirror you, Ray, and go for a one-all draw. Okay. It's going to. We're all saying one-all, one-all draw, but that's guaranteed to be like a four-three thrill or something. <laughs> 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 do, you still, do you still see yourself in a relegation scrap, or do you think you're out of it now? Do you know, what? I was having I was having a discussion in the pub on uh, Friday night about this, and I thought before that. Leicester game, I was thinking, yeah, because the table's quite close still, it only Ooh, takes like Bournemouth so right yeah, to, yeah. to get a couple of games, and I mean, we've got so we've got Wolves, got a tough game coming up, we've got Liverpool coming up as well and it only takes a couple of losses, and then we're right back in it again, so I'm not exactly. I, I am still thinking we are in trouble we just need to think like that still, but I'm enjoying this while it lasts um, Yeah, no, we're just as far away from the Europa places as the relegation back on so it could go either way so mm. I think like when this. you've been down there though you, you can't look at it as in like only seven points off the drop rather than seven points off the Europa League It's uh, I think yeah. that's the how football fans think but as long as it's uh, you in there instead of you boys in the Europa Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're, we're thinking <laughs> of, uh, I mean a complete switch in the mentality of most Wolves fans I say most some, some are happy to just tread water but it's um, it, we've gone from we're not to get up and just stay up to thinking why well, we should be getting top six we should be we should be pushing because I think the ambition that Faust and our owners have shown um, since they've been here um, can't be argued with but this is the window where they really earn the stripes and really kind of table what their future plans are with a club and, and and what ambition they have because if we if we invest wisely and bring in players they're not only going to compete but improve the squad this January. There is no reason why we can't have a fantastic one in Europa League and get into that top six place because 
I mean, Sheffield United are there now, and who'd have thought they'd be there? So it's a yeah. big window for Wolves. Absolutely. Um, I know you say that you're in the in the market in January, and, and Nuno said that he's, he's needed players, but. Uh, you know, outgoings, I'm guessing that's completely out of the question because I only asked because I heard that Jimenez could be on his way out and United could be sniffing around him. Have you heard any no, news on that? No first team players are going to leave this window. Well, then Catrone is already yeah. gone. Mm. Uh, yeah, Jimenez and Neves have all been linked with moves away. I can't see it happening unless it was a ridiculous figure, which I can't see United splashing out at the moment in January. Um, so, yeah, I don't think any first team, major first team players will, will be leaving this January anyway. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's, it's a shame what's happened with Catroni, really, because he came in, the fans took to him like a duck to water. They, they loved him, they had the, he loves the pizza, he loves the pasta song. Okay. And it was, um, you know, it was, it was kind of a, 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 a built like a huge affinity with him, but he's not really had, he's not really had the chances, and when he has, he's, I don't know, he's. He makes some fantastic runs and his movement's brilliant, but we don't play to his strengths and we don't really get him behind. And I think he's been sulking a little bit. He's he's come over, he's not learnt the language. There's no one else at Wolves apart from a fitness coach that's one in the canteen who speaks Italian. So <laughs> he's really struggled. He was forced out of Milan, which is you know his first, his first club, the club he supports. So he's back in Italy now. Nuno. Wanted him out of the squad because, again, as me and Dave spoke about earlier, squad harmony. So he's back. He's back in Italy now in Florence, which is um, I've not been to Florence, but I'm assuming it's better than Wolverhampton. <laughs> so, um, so let's just you know wish him all the best. But yeah, he, he for me he wasn't good enough anyway. Yeah, we did ask um, Dave this question when he was on, but um, yeah, with the January transfer window now open, if you could take one Saints player to draft in, who would you take? Uh, well, we need. We've got one striker, so <laughs> take Danny Ings. I'm yeah, take, take, take Danny Ings. I'm, I'm current. For, if you can keep him fit, which you've managed to do, so he's obviously he's obviously found a new, a new lease of life, and um, yeah, he's a bit he's a bit different to him in this. So I'd take I'd take him or or Ward or Ward Prowse, to be honest with you. That's a that's a popular one. A lot of people. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think defensively, there's not many that we get in the side. Um, Oh, oh, over our play, I like I like Cedric. I always have, and when he was he was kind of bombed Ooh. out, wasn't he? But he's been brought into the first team. Mm. Yeah, he's got Portuguese as well, so he'd love it more. He's fitting well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised not yes. to him. To be fair, we have them reap uh, in a few windows, but it's it's kind of like right. Does he, is he Portuguese? Yes, okay. Has he applied for Benfica, Monaco, Atletico <laughs> Madrid, or Napoli? No, okay. Well, it's just, it, honestly, our rumours is just a box ticking exercise between George <laughs> Mendes, Portugal, and, and clubs associated with it. it it's a joke. <laughs> um, and again, Dave, we've asked you this one already, but we, so we'll ask Matt. What are your favourite fan chants that you like to sing at Molyneux? Mm. Uh, it's a tough one because Nuno had a dream, has been. The one yeah, that's, that's the one I think. Yeah, that's the one yeah. you said last time. I think, Dave. Yeah, I think that's the big one, really. Yeah, I like I like the new Adama one. To be fair. Yeah, when he runs yeah. down the wing, he's as fast as lightning. I think yeah. there's too many words um, in that one for most Wolves fans to kind of understand what what to sing because the first verse is a little bit little bit hush and it's. It kind of picks up because you've only got to remember fast as lightning. Yeah, I do like that one. Um, boom, boom, boom. Let me say Pedro Neto. <laughs> no, another favourite of mine. Um, I mean, yes, there, there, there was a yes, big one going over yesterday, but obviously because we didn't take the lead at any point, it didn't get going. But yeah, cheer up, Stevie Bruce. Oh. He was a good channel. Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> I mean, those were the days, my friend. The um, yeah, I like that one. Yeah, it's a it's a classic. But it's it's not sang as much anymore, is it? Because yeah. I think Nuno's had a dream to cover, but. You know, I mentioned about Catroni, he loves the pizza, he loves the pasta. It's not taken long for that to be um, transferred to Johnny Otto's Spanish, so it's, <laughs> he, he, he loves paella, he drinks Australia. Uh, so it's, uh, <laughs> I, I mean, love how they these lyrics, it's just Yeah, it's, it's, it's just a few geezers down the pub thinking, all right, now Catroni's gone, we need to find another song, don't we? <laughs> and then it's just, I've got one, he loves paella. It didn't work though because people were singing it yesterday. People were singing it in the wrong order, and he, he loves he likes uh, paella. He loves Estrella. Surely it's drinks, and it's it should work. I, a lot I better think as well. loves and loves is easy to remember. I'm not yeah. surprised if he, he drinks paella. He eats Estrella because that's stupid. <laughs> 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 it, was, it was not surprised before. Um, I'd, I'd, have, I'd have to say um, Nuno had a dream for me. It's, um, it's been the anthem since. The first couple of weeks in the championship, and um, it, it's kind of it kind of just epitomises that journey we've been on under the, the guidance of Nuno, and what a journey it's been. Brilliant. Yeah, you guys, are you coming down for it? For no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not. I, I can't make it through through work, so it's a bit of a disappointing one. But it's it's a sold out away end, as all of our away ends have been this season. So uh, if you're not um, high on the loyalty points, you, you, you've got no chance of getting it. <laughs> yeah. It's um, it's, again, it's divides opinion on, on Wall Street we won't, we won't get into that ok Rolf thank you very much for sparing your time and yeah good, you. good luck for the rest of the season I will of course be supporting your efforts in Europe so yeah massive yeah. massive good luck to you in that thank you thank you very much thanks for having us on really appreciate it yeah no problem lovely cheers guys have a good rest of the week can you? cheers guys Hello. up yep. the same <laughs> up the same Welcome back to the Extra Time segment. I'm going to start off, as usual, with the predictions. <laughs> you're a twat, Kev. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you just... I mean, I went for a 3-1 Leicester win, and you went for an amazing 2-1 Saints win. Just, yeah, I can't believe that. That's You all laughed when I said it, didn't you? I know. I mean, I actually replayed <laughs> that a bit, because I couldn't believe it. And I was like, did he actually say 2-1 two, Saints? You were just like, yeah, why not? Just so nonchalantly, yeah. just yeah. So yeah, five points to you and a big fat zero for me. So you know you've opened up a ten point lead again. So that's forty five thirty five to you. So yeah, you're a twat. Mm. Uh, and super six. So round thirty four was won by Gavin Burgess with twelve points. Nice one. Uh, and that leaves the overall lead as is still joint with Adam Darlington and Tom Hennigan on two hundred and eighty six. So yeah. Good job, guys. Keep it up. Uh, and fantasy football. So, yeah, in the fantasy football, I'm not about your team, but um, mine was a bit kind of average. 42 points. Everyone's sort of scoring two, three, five. I think uh, Lundstrom was sort of my highest scorer with six. No, I got 54. 54. Hmm. Mm. Yeah. Um, you still got Kane in your team. I never had Kane in my team. No, I had Adams, but I made a few changes this week, actually, because uh, of what we had okay. last week. Um, I did take a hit on the transfers, actually. I put Ings in um, for Adams. Mm. I reshuffled it a bit to make some more, more money, and I, I took Willian out. But, yeah, I got um, mm. I did quite well, because I had um, Marcus Rashford as my vice, and I got Martial in there. He scored me eight. Vardy got me ah, ten. Ah. Ings got me five. So, I mean, I had a front three of Vardy, Rashford, and Ings. And they all scored. Mm. No, Vardy didn't score, did he? But 
he was my captain, so he got me ten. And my back and line. My City b- players in there as well. Yeah, I got Rodrigo, who's probably not going to get a, get a start, and I've got Sterling as well, still to play against Villa. So yeah, and as I say, Van Dijk and Wan Bissaka, clean sheets. So that was good at the back. Mm. And Schmeichel, although he, he let in two, he still played well, got me four points. So yeah. I was umming an iron actually, I'd have put Matt Ryan in goal, but Matt Ryan only scored me three, so I think I made the right decision. Although maybe I could have put Aldeviraud in for Chilwell, it would have scored me one more point. But yeah, on the whole, I think I've done all right this way. I've done the best that I can with that team. So. Yeah, it's not bad. I think you're, you're one of the better scorers um, in our podcast this league. I'm 15 behind John Bailey, so yes, and I'm slowly climbing, climbing up our league. Uh, we'll kind of step back a little bit. 15th place at the moment. But yeah, looking at the top, um, there's not really any changes. Uh, Stephen McCulloch still is top of the league. Um, he's taken a slight chunk over. Lucy Hynett, Che Dream Believers, and Jamie Thorpe's Yes Indeedy. Um, those are the clear top three. So it's kind of mirroring the league that you've got these, just these three teams that have got a big gap over everyone else. Quiz, you ready for a quiz? Go on then. I did, I did you a, a US style one, but that was a bit cruel. Mm-hmm. So I've done you the normal one that I do. Um, and again, as I say, last week I was running out of counties, so I had to, had to improvise a bit, especially on the last one. So, can you name me all the teams in Derbyshire? Derby County? No. <laughs> I'm joking, of course. Derby County. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Matlock United. No, um, uh, there is one more, isn't there? I don't um, know that. Oh, Huddersfield Town? N- Huddersfield? That's Yorkshire. Mansfield Town? Oh, sorry, no, not Rain- Mansfield. Um, I think I can't think of any other... Major cities in Derbyshire. I think you're going to have to give me this one, mate. Chesterfield. Ah, is that in Derbyshire? I always, I always mm. thought that was in um, in South Yorkshire. No, oh. Chesterfield. Oh, okay. Uh, and Cheshire. Um, Chester City? <laughs> no. Accrington <laughs> um, Stanley? Who are they? Yeah. They're not in Cheshire? No, it's not. Now, there are two. Crew Alexandra? Yes. So not a smaller, smaller club. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are in uh, the I think they're right at the bottom of League Two at the moment. So. Um, they're not right at the bottom, but they're around, hovering around the bottom. Oh, shit. It's on the tip of my tongue. It's so annoying. Um, is it on the coast? No, it's not on the South. coast. It's definitely not on the coast. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, fuck it. Sorry. No idea. No? Okay. Um, it... Is Macclesfield. Oh, right. Okay. Jesus. I didn't even know what that is. No? Oh, okay. No. You've learned something it's today. Then. Um, yeah. Last yeah. one. Bit of a curveball. Porto. Porto? Oh, in Portugal? Yeah. I mean, there's FC Porto. Yes. There? There's one. And there's one more. And there's one more that's got a. Re- like. It's not fucking. Something in N says. Um, no. Uh, Just one word. Oh, uh, racing? No, it is Boa Vista. Boa Vista. Yeah. Oh, okay. Ah, oh, good one. Uh, Russian phrase, Kevin. Okay. Um, because Ings is on such brilliant form, um, I'll give you the Russian word for a top gun goal scorer, which is quite easy. It's a uh, bombardier. That's a bit, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. Bombardier. bombardier. 
Bombardier. Bombardier. Bombardier. Mm-hmm. Ah, that means top yeah. scorer. Yeah, Ings Nash Bombardier. Okay. Remember that one. Mm. Um, okay, I think that is about it this week. Unless there's anything you would like to add, Kevin. No, no, just, um, yeah, I think it's probably the best I've been feeling about the team in a very, very long time. Yeah, likewise. It's, it's, it's so good to uh, you know, talk about positives on a podcast. So, yeah, it's, um, let's, let's just, you know, continue this form. I say we've got some difficult games coming up. But, you know, if we can get anything against Wolves, I'll be happy. Absolutely. So, yeah. Cool, right. On that note, up the fucking bastard saints. Up the motherfucking saints. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.